Welcome, I'm Larry Olson, and what's on your mind? Once set, it delivers your life. To change the outcomes we want, we must change the plays we're running. Join us at Mindset Playbook with real people, real talk, for real insight. Today's episode is sponsored by Apernio, an achievement acceleration company whose approach to professional development enables clients to gain insights and perspectives to live, work, and engage with more success. I want to welcome everyone to Mindset Playbook, where we discover our habits, attitudes, beliefs, and expectations that create our guests' mindset and the plays they use to overcome diversity on their way to prosperity. With us today is Chandler Bolt, the author of Published, The Proven Path from Blank Page to 10,000 Copies Sold. And check this out. As a seven-time best-selling author and CEO of Self-Publishing School and Self-Publishing.com, Chandler knows exactly how instrumental writing books can be in sharing your message, and even growing and scaling your business. His message is that you can't wait for the perfect time in life to get writing. The perfect time to get writing is right now. I want to welcome you to Mindset Playbook, Chandler. Larry, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, Chandler, at what point in your life did you realize that you needed to write a book and that the perfect timing was right then. Yeah, it was my, my brother and I were on this, uh, we, we were having a conversation and my brother plays in a Grammy nominated rock and roll band. Uh, and so he was on tour at the time and I was in college at the time. And we got to talk about all these things that our parents taught us growing up that we thought were pretty normal. Uh, and as we talked about it, we realized that we thought it was normal, but then we got out in the real world and realized that it wasn't actually normal. Uh, and so we said, hey, we, we need to write a book about this. And it'll be about these 15 things our parents taught us growing up. Um, ah. Again, that we thought were normal, but, but, but isn't, uh, discovered wasn't. Um, and, and so it was his perspective as a musician, my perspective as a business guy. Uh, and I was in college at the time. And, um, but I just, I, I, I felt like, and he felt like, hey, we're crazy busy, but we need to take the time to write this book. There's never going to be a perfect time to write this book. And so we decided to do it. We published it. And published that. And then shortly thereafter, another book. And that is ultimately what led to creating self-publishing school, self-publishing.com and kind of everything um, that we've, we've created since then. So why did you end up going to self-publishing as opposed to getting a publisher? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was the best option for us. I mean, it was, we could retain all the control. Um, And I mean, I'm very, so the publishing industry is very similar to the record industry is very similar to the movie industry. Like it's, there's a lot of parallels. And so I've seen my brother navigate this um, as, a, as an artist on a, on a big time label. And we said, hey, we, we can keep control. We can move faster. We can retain our IP. Um, and, you know, we can generally just do what we want. <laughs> um, <laughs> with publishing this book, we go self-publishing. Um, and we wanted to do that. That first book was for charity. So we wanted to set it up in a way where all the proceeds went to charity. Um, and you know, you, I guess you can technically do that traditionally published, but um, it's not that it's not that easy to do it. And so that's the path we chose. And really, I think over the last decade or two, self-publishing has kind of transitioned from the backup plan. It's like the thing that you do only if you can't get a publishing deal to now it's the preferred option for most authors. And so um, 
I don't think we knew that at the time, uh, yeah. but it's, it's changed a lot since then. That's outstanding. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, people who have probably put themselves in another class other than an author, even though they may have great insights, great ideas, but they have this kind of mindset that you you have to be a brilliant brilliant with words and um, great grammatarian and all of these mm-hmm. elements that uh, can overwhelm some people and be, and realize that I guess that's I'm not cut out for that. Um, even though they have a great story that would enlighten many, what would you share with those people who are kind of in that mindset? Yeah, I mean, I think there's all these mindsets that that tell us why we can't do something, right? It's so funny. I was just I was flipping the pages of uh, of my new book, and I talk about this 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 concept. I'm sure you're very familiar. Um, it's uh, it's just so funny. I didn't I didn't even connect the dots to this podcast. And I know not a lot of people uh, can see this because they're listening to the audio version. But I talk about the published author's mindset. Uh, and how uh, it's just very fitting for this podcast, right? Um, And how we have to overcome limiting beliefs, right? There's limiting beliefs like, hey, I don't have time to write a book. There's limiting beliefs like, who am I to write a book? Uh, There's limiting beliefs like, hey, maybe the timing isn't right yet. I don't have an agent. I don't have a publishing deal. I'm not a writer. There's these identities uh, that we, you know, either we've given ourselves or we've been given by other people. And I know for me as a C-level English student and a college dropout with ADHD, um, there were a lot of a lot of identities that had been given to me um, and, and that I self-selected mentally out of becoming an author, but then ultimately had to overcome those because I felt like I had something to share that would yeah. be helpful for people, right? And so I think a lot of people, they either think, who am I to do it? Or I'm not a great writer. And, and those are things that if you truly feel like your message is important and you have something of value, then the, the mechanism of a book, it might be difficult for you, uh, but the, the message is more important than the mechanism, um, or, and, mm. and, and that's, at least that's what I think. Um, and so it's worth it. To, but, but you're going to have to navigate through, through some of those things to get started. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go back a little bit in, in your earlier days. Um, not, not everyone has had a path without obstacles along the way. And the real difference between individuals that meet with success and those that just kind of give up um, has a lot to do with the power of the vision that they have. And they also have not got caught up in letting circumstances dictate whether they're going to move forward or not. And as you know, you're someone who recognizes a circumstance is just an opportunity. I mean, it's, it's just contextual and how we, how we look at it. But what are some of the things that happened to you and uh, on this journey that probably most people would have tucked into a fetal position, pulled the blanket over their head and, and said, well, I gave it a shot. Yeah. Um, so have you them. had some setbacks? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of our core values at self-publishing school is fail fast, fail forward, fail often. Okay. Show me someone who's wildly successful and I'll show you someone who's probably failed more than anyone else. <laughs> um, and and I, I believe that one of the fastest ways to learn, well, fastest way to learn is, is observing other people's failures. But the only problem is that most the, the brain is not very wired for that, as you know. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just not as impactful watching someone else's failures. We learn from, uh, from firsthand experience, right? And so... So I, I think that the fastest way to actually learn is to fail. 
Uh, and so there's been, I mean, gosh, there's been so many times where the business is on the ropes. I had a business partner that wanted to kick me out of the business and I had to go multiple six figures in debt uh, and buy him out and then borrow money from my parents' retirement and from my brother and from a friend to do this buyout and then go through. There's so many times like that where, you know, I really think entrepreneurship and leadership is it's kind of like a spotlight on all your greatest flaws. <laughs> yeah. uh, you learn real quick uh, uh, what, what you're good at and what you're not good at, and mostly what you're not good at, because that you know uh, it's like a you know the the sign of a good leader is when you know when things go well you give credit for, uh, for your t- to your team, and when things yeah. go poorly you take the blame, right? So what Absolutely. that practically looks like is that you're just pretty much taking the blame all the time because <laughs> the buck stops with you. And that's it, sometimes that can be demoralizing, but it can also be liberating because yeah. you know that, Hey, I get to create my own future. I get to create uh, and, and, and blaze the trail for this company. So yeah, there's been a lot, a lot of, of, uh, of <laughs> low points on the journey. Um, well, you mentioned uh, something yeah. very uh, powerful then that was, it can be, um, demoralizing or liberating. Now, all of us have experienced what it feels to be demoralized, you know, since little kids. And, and yet, there's such a few, a small percentage that see the liberation in that. And as you know, those become our leaders and those become the, the people that are, you know, have the idea and, and start the company and whatnot. And yet, we're innately, we all have that inside of us. Did you have coaches or mentors or, or how were you able to learn about transferring that demoralization that I want to quit into mm. the liberation? Mm. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's been lots of, lots of coaches. There's been lots of mentors and there. There's been lots of poignant moments along mm. the journey that have kind of distilled that into being the way that I look at things. Um, one of which I'll just try to make it this a short story. Uh, but I, I was uh, in, in college, I, I did this uh, internship called student painters. They teach you how to run a business by running a house painting business. So you paint houses, you sell jobs, paint jobs, you hire high school or college or you hire college students to paint the houses and all that stuff. And so my goal from day one was to be number one in the company, number one in the country. That was my big goal. I, I started very poorly <laughs> uh, and that was pretty demoralizing. And then I kind of slowly climbed my way into, you know, top five and I'm, I've got a chance. And, and kind of like you said earlier on this interview, the, the vision was there, the vision was clear and the vision was unwavering from day one. Mm. And then there was this moment where in the middle of the summer, I took my only vacation of the summer and uh, my only vacation of the year. And while I was on vacation, my production manager called me and said, Hey, you know, basically I'm quitting and the whole crew is pretty much quitting. Uh, and we'd had so much rain and they weren't getting to paint. And on top of, I think I was just a horrible leader. Um, and so the, the combination of those two <laughs> uh, led to them all quitting. And I remember after that vacation, I drove all night, I dropped my bags. I went out and painted all day at the house. And I, I got back that night. It was 9 PM or something. I'm making myself food. It's the, I'm a fresh after freshman in college, it's like the first time I've been away from home. I'm making myself, I'm like missing home. I'm totally failing. I just remember talking to my mentor, who's my boss at the time. And uh, said, I, I'm like, I just don't know how I can do this. Like, there's no way I'm going to paint all these houses, but it's a month and a half. And so 
I think I was in number one, but I, I'm like, I just, there's no path to actually paint these houses. So I, it doesn't matter if I sold the jobs, I'm not going to paint them. And to make a long story longer, <laughs> uh, I ended up, he said, you can, you can do this, but you need a couple of days maybe to think about whether or not you want to do this and whether you want to recommit mentally. And mm. I kind of, that two day stretch was the first time that I, di- I didn't believe I could do it. I stopped believing that I could do it. Oh. And I remember it just it flipped for me and I was just so pissed. And I'm like, all right, Chandler, like you need to wake up. You got this. And I hired a whole new crew. I did a paint training on the house that we were working on. We finished out the summer and I remember getting the award for entrepreneur of the year being number one in the company. And we're on this rewards cruise and I was, was kind of afterwards and I've got the award. I'm on the top of the deck and I'm kind of looking out, looking out at the ship and I'm just reflecting. And in that moment, it hit me that that part of the summer was the best part was the both best part of the, the whole experience. And maybe not the best part is like, it was the most fun, but I learned more in those couple of weeks than the whole rest of the experience combined. And I remember reflecting and thinking, man, what if I would have gave it up? Uh, uh, I wouldn't uh, have known what this feels like and, and how many other areas of my life might this have happened to me where uh, I was at what was it, what I thought was a roadblock and it really was a speed bump. <laughs> and <laughs> And I just remember thinking that and saying, all right, I'm going to never forget this because it's probably happened to me multiple times before now. And it's, it's going to happen to me multiple times since. And so ever since then, when it going gets really, really tough and it does often, um, that's just part of the game. It, 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 I remember that. And I say, oh, I wonder what I'm supposed to be learning right now. Like this <laughs> must be a really great opportunity for growth. And what it probably means is on the other side of this, there's, there's, there's going to be some big growth. Um, and so that that is what cemented that mindset, and then how I now just always say, "Hey, this is a, this is a speed bump, not a roadblock." Yeah. What fantastic insights we are getting into in this episode! If this resonates with you and is provoking and of value, please consider the best-selling book of "Get a Vision and Live It" by your host Larry Olson at LarryOlsonLive.com. Thousands of our listeners have found tremendous value from Larry's book, which has been an inspiration to Mindset Playbook's guests. You'll find everything you need to live the best version of your life while accomplishing things now that were once only imagined. The results you'll get will absolutely amaze you. Find the book at LarryOlsonLive.com. And now let's get back. You won't want to miss what's to come on this episode of Mindset Playbook. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. So let's get back to the publishing. Um, what do what what would you recommend to someone who is going? Okay, all right, all right. I've had all those excuses that Chandler mentioned, and you know, what can I do now to? Um, you know, how do you get started? And, uh, you know, do they need to connect with you? I mean, what would, would that help shortcut the process? Um, you know, I don't want to lead, lead the witness here, but what, what, are your, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I would say, you know, um, a couple things. Okay. You, you, you can't write a book if you don't get started. So you got to get started. There's this process I teach. It's called the MORE Writing Method. MORE is an acronym. It stands for the M is mind map, the O is outline, the 
The R is rough draft. The E is editing. That's the four steps to writing a great book, nice. right? And so the first step is mind mapping. I, I walk through this in my new book. It's called Published, The Proven Path from Blank Page to 10,000 Copies Sold. There's a whole chapter on the mind mapping piece, but I'd say for anyone listening to this podcast right now, take 15 minutes as soon as this interview is over uh, and grab a blank sheet of paper, write your book topic in the middle of the page, set a timer for 15 minutes and write out everything that you can think of on that topic. So mm. stories that you have, lessons that you've learned, uh, you know, broken record conversations that you maybe have uh, in your business around this topic. Like what are those things? Brainstorm everything you can think of on that topic. And then that's going to be the starting point. And then you can use that um, to, to get started with the book. Obviously, we, we, you know, when we work with people, we help them write books faster and publish better books and sell more copies and all that stuff. But for most people, that exercise that I'm talking about is, is, the, is the best first step. All right. All right. And as they're, what do you, what do you, what do you do when they, when they go, um, well, what I'm writing isn't these, these ideas aren't very interesting. Tell them a little bit about what mind mapping is really all about to begin with. Mm. I think, uh, you know, that that's usually an offshoot of imposter syndrome, okay. which you know, there I was in Boy Scouts growing up and, and I'm, a, you know, I'm an Eagle Scout. And I remember my Scoutmaster, he always said, he, uh, I, oh, we were on this camping trip one time and I said, hey, why are we putting our packs up in the trees? That's weird. And he said, well, that's because there's bears in the woods. And I said, well, hold up. What if we get chased <laughs> by a bear? <laughs> and he said, if, you, it, well, if we get chased by a bear, you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than your friend. Uh, <laughs> and he's just, I mean, he's obviously kidding, but. The, the lesson in there as it relates to books is a lot of people think, oh, is this is interesting? Who am I to say this? Who am I to write this? And to which I say, you don't have to know everything. You just have to know a little bit more than the person that you're teaching, right? And so that's a, that's a mindset um, to keep as you go through the mind mapping process. Uh, and then a little bit more practical, I would say, um, think about the four Ps of a best-selling book. So that stands for person pain, promise, price, right? So person, who's the person that you're writing this to? This is not an avatar. This is someone that you actually know, that you know that will enjoy this book or it will be helpful for them. Hmm. And then write that book to them. What's the pain that they have that they know that they have, right? And then that will be, uh, that will help formulate the promise for the book. So what's the promise that you're making with the book? And then the price that's pretty straightforward with the book side of things, but um, and, the, and the promise, the <clears throat> promise being this will overcome your pain. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and I mean, typically, right. And, and this works for any, you know, a lot of people listening to this are writing a book about the problem that they solve with their business. And so you're, you're writing a book that solves that problem and, in solving that problem through the book, you're introducing them to your business, gotcha. right? Now yeah. you're not writing the book to sell them on your business. You're writing your book, your book to solve a real problem that they have. Because if you don't solve their problem and they read your book and it's just a glorified sales pitch, well, then that sucks. I yeah. now don't like you. <laughs> I'm certainly <laughs> not going to do business with you. Um, and so that that's the goal with the book. And I'll use my book as an example, right? And the subtitle, or, I mean, the title is called Publish, right? So that's an outcome. That's a promise, a version of a promise. Uh -huh. And then the subtitle says the proven path from blank page to 10,000 copies sold. Right, so the pain is in the blank page. Right? Yep. We can all relate to that. Um, and then the promise is that there's a proven path to get from there to selling real copies of the book. So that's yeah. kind of, you know, 
I'll, I'll kind of go within this and say, I don't recommend starting with your title. Start with a topic and, and create sure. your title last. But that's how I've incorporated the four P's into to the title of my book. Uh, that's that's excellent. That's excellent. You know, I I ended up having a lot of clients and early on in my business and wrote the book for something that for them to take to continue with the education. And I can see now where it would be a little more enticing if the book right on the cover was talking about overcoming a pain point and having yeah. the process because mm-hmm. the titles get a vision and live it. And, you know, it's very accurate on how we can be successful, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't necessarily attract someone to go, do I have a vision? Am I mm-hmm. living it? You know, I mean, there right. aren't necessarily yeah. those questions. So that's that I find that enlightening right there. Yeah, so, well, what you're speaking to, I think, is actually really it's, it's very common, and that um, you know maybe you've heard this the saying it's it's easier to sell pain pills than it is to sell vitamins. Okay, right? and so people don't people don't wake up in the mornings and say, "Hey, I, I can't wait to take my vitamins today." Um, but a lot of people wake up in the morning and say, "My back hurts." Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then they reach for some ibuprofen or whatever else. Right. Now those those the, pain pills sell themselves. That's why they're pretty much all generic brands. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, yeah. And but vitamins, it's like they're trying to package them, make them chewy, make them, you know, animal flavored because it's like people don't inherently want these things. Right. And so yeah. that's why I speak to the pain or I recommend that authors speak to the pain with their book. Um, and what you're talking about, I call this chocolate covered broccoli. Um, so it's okay. sell them what they want, give them what they need. Right. So, you know, that they need a better vision, um, but that might not be the pain that they have that they know that they have. The yeah. pain that they have that they know that they have could be any number of things. Oftentimes, this is I'll refer to this as trigger events. It's like, what's the thing that that caused someone to pick up the phone and say, I gotta call Larry? Like, yeah. is it they flatlined in their growth? There is like what it's like there's these trigger events that happen that then say, I need this help. And then you know that they need a better vision, but they might identify it as something else. Yeah. And so you speak to that specific pain, and then you can still have the same solution, um, but the but the way that you present it and package it is different, right? Yeah. Similar yeah. token, if I'm a physical, sorry, going really long with these answers, but similar token, uh, if I'm a physical therapist, I might know that if someone has back pain, they need better posture. Now, if I write a book on better posture, boring. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's not interesting. Right. But, but if I write a book on back pain and I'm someone or my target reader says, oh my gosh, I have back pain. I need that book. And then you talk about in the book, better posture. Well, awesome. That's the solution to my pain. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's good marketing. Um, right. And yeah. So did, did you spend time in your studies and marketing at all? Yeah, I mean, I'm a college dropout, uh, so not formally in uh, college. I mean, a little bit in college, but uh, I've studied a lot of marketing and psychology and all that. So yeah. absolutely, since then, it's you know, marketing is good. Good marketing is problem solving. Yeah, um, and good marketing is psychology. So uh, it's pretty fascinating to me. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. So let's um, let's kind of capsulize everything here for a moment, and and cause uh, an action step for our listeners um, to get them, you know, going, to get them to break through some of these mindsets that, you know, the term doesn't really give justice to how 
debilitating a mindset can be, or as exhilarating, depending on what the mindset is, right? If the mindset, you know, I'm going to be number one in this painting company, or the mindset is, you know, I don't know if I have a prayer in hell of ever being successful in the painting business and everything in between. I'm going to give it to you to, to give them something to think about and then something that they can take action on. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, when it comes to the mindset, it's a dream without a plan is a wish. <laughs> uh, and so a lot of people have, they think they have a mindset towards something, but they really just have a dream. Uh, and or they sort of really just have a dream or a wish, right? And so I'm a I'm a big fan of dreaming big, but then getting really practical in the way that you're going about that thing. So it's having this having this belief or this goal, this overwhelming. So having a goal or a dream or a wish or whatever you can call it, then there's the over, overwhelming belief in that thing, and then there's the practical process of how you're going to get there, right? It's okay. it's the telescope and the microscope. I've got a telescope to look far out in the future and see where I'm going. And I've got a microscope that's, that's saying, here's the exact thing that I need to do next. Now, a lot of people will lean towards one or the other. They'll either, sure. They've got a telescope and they never get out the microscope. Um, therefore, they're just, you know, in the clouds dreaming. Uh, or they've got a microscope and, and they're, they're just aimlessly wandering and not going towards their, their overarching vision. So yeah. that's my recommendation uh, for people is, 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 you know, to get that big dream. Uh, uh, overwhelming, unwavering faith in that dream, uh, and and that that's the mindset that you carry every single day, and they get super practical. And um, the, I teach a lot of these things specific to books, <laughs> right? So yeah. if if that if you're use the book as an example, right? If your if your big dream is to publish a book, well, then your microscope thing to do right now is to take 15 minutes as soon as this interview is over uh, and mind map the book. Um, and then use my book to help make progress or talk to us or work with us or whatever is most helpful. And that's how you take, you know, kind of those practical next steps. Beautiful, beautiful. And, and of everything you've learned, um, you know, this, this poignant moment that you had um, where you were able to take this knockdown and turn it into a learning experience instead of just being devastated and going off and trying another business. Um, what, what kind of a culmination of ideas and events caused the biggest aha for you outside of that great story you told? Because that, that um, I can see when that happens to some of us, we can always go back to that to draw strength from. And what, what in, all, in all your years and the successes that you've had, as well as the, the shortcomings, what do I need to be paying attention to? What do our listeners need to be paying attention to so we can stay on track? Mm. Mm. So what do people need to be staying or, or paying attention to within that story and within those lessons so that they can stay on track? Yeah, yeah. So they, so the, the rec, they look at, they almost get ex- excited about being discouraged instead of mm. discouraged that they're discouraged. Take, take what you're viewing as a roadblock and, and change how you view it to a speed bump. Uh, and in some ways, I think it's, a, it's actually not even a speed bump at all. It's a fast track. It's like one of those moving walkways at the airport. <laughs> okay. um, yeah. it, it's, it, it, it accelerates you towards the thing that you're going towards. And, and uh, you know, I think that the people who are listening to this is think of 
how areas in your life where you gave up and you quit or when you're thinking about quitting and it's the whole, you know, I think it's Napoleon Hill, three feet from gold. It's like yeah. th this whole time you're three, you're three feet from gold and you gave up. Right. Yeah. And so my hope would be that that story encourages people uh, that, that when they get to those times uh, that they, they remember that, Oh, this is, this is not a roadblock. It's just a speed bump. And it might even be a moving walkway. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's taking me faster in the direction of where I'm going. And cause yeah. this, this happens with our authors all the time with publishing books is reading your rough draft. The hardest part is to get your rough draft done. The second hardest part. And really what I think in the end is, is the hardest part, but most people don't make it this far. So it can't be the hardest part if they don't make it there um, is reading your draft for the first time. And that's when you want to throw your computer out the window and give up on your book, right? Yeah. <laughs> and every author experiences this. You're laughing because I'm sure it probably happened with your book as well. But yeah. then that is the moment where you where you say, okay, this is not a roadblock. This is a speed bump. Uh, and maybe it's even a, a moving walkway. Yeah. And I think also to be aware that nobody can be harder on us than we are. And, and to yes. kind of get a kick out of that instead of getting kicked down by that. Yes. Um, right. It's so important. So no doubt. this has been fascinating. And I'm, I'm, I think that there's many people out there that maybe had not even considered writing a book or are a little tantalized now to say the least, how can they go about getting a hold of you, um, your book, all of that great information? Yeah. So, um, if you'd like to grab a copy of my new book, um, it's called "Published: the proven path from blank page to 10,000 copies sold. You can find this on Amazon. It's also, I mean, if you're listening to this, chances are audio is your preferred uh, mechanism for content. So I recorded the audio book. It's on Audible. You can get it there. Um, it's narrated by me. It's kind of fun. Um, but if you'd like a free physical copy of the book, no strings attached, no shipping and handling, no nothing. We'll print it, pack it, ship it, everything. So um, if you're interested in a free copy, go to publishbook.com forward slash Larry. Uh, and then if you'd like to book a call to chat with my team about your book and how we might be able to help, you can go to self-publishingschool.com forward slash apply and book a call with the team there. Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, I love your energy and I can see where you're, you're able to overcome most challenges. Um, but your insights have been, have been outstanding for all of us to recognize that, you know, we all have, have a story. And in, even though it may be boring to ourselves at times, it doesn't mean it is to someone else. Yeah. And something that may be just exactly what they needed to get over whatever it was that was holding them back. And, and you've certainly opened my eyes up. Um, I'm certainly going to work on changing the title when I republish. Uh, <laughs> so uh Thank you so much for, for taking your time and, and spending it with us, investing it with us, Chandler. It was, uh, it was very worthwhile. Larry, this is a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. You bet. You bet. And for all of you out there, we thank you. There's a lot of stations and channels and, and directions that you could have gone in right now, and you chose to spend time with us. And for that, we're so grateful. Um, I also want to remember and rem excuse me, remind everyone that wherever you are right now is exactly where you need to be. And those of you that really want to find out what you're capable of, take Chandler's advice. It's 15 minutes. Put uh, the topic on the page and then just start taking little lines and then drawing other ideas and 
doing as much as you can in 15 minutes. And then when you take a look at it, be your own best friend rather than worst critic and recognize that your opinion matters, but it may not be the opinion that other people are gonna have the same as you. They're gonna love what your ideas are and coming from you rather than people that are close to them always has more power because the people close to us have to say wonderful things to us or we don't hang around them very much longer. So Chandler, you've been a, a blessing and I uh, thank you again. Um, and uh, looking forward to this. Thank you, Larry. All right, buddy. Take care. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, we ask that you please subscribe and share with your friends and associates. Larry's next guest, Michelle Rains, learned early in her leadership journey that she was an absolute ass as a boss, oblivious to the impact she was having on people. Perhaps, like so many of us, she didn't understand how to lead. Michelle looks forward to sharing her thrills of victory and agonies of defeat with a goal of helping you unlock the art of leading like a badass.